You're listening to The Bible Explorer, a podcast about the misunderstood, unusual, and little-known aspects of the Bible. My name is Matt Morton, and I'm your host. This is episode 11, The Virgin Will Give Birth. Well, today I want to talk about a passage that we normally hear quoted uh, around Christmas time. And I know that it's nowhere near Christmas. Uh, right now in Texas, it is 100 degrees on average. And so we are definitely not in Christmas season. But I thought, man, maybe if we do a sort of Christmas in late July slash early August type of episode, we'll all feel a little chillier. So I want to talk today about a passage from Matthew chapter 1 that is quoted in the context of the birth of Jesus. You're almost certainly familiar, of course, with the fact that Jesus uh, was born to the Virgin Mary. That is, Mary was betrothed to be married to Joseph, her fiancé, but they had not yet gotten married nor consummated their relationship. So Mary was a virgin, and Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So that's part of the story of Jesus as the Son of God and as the Savior of the world that Matthew tells in Matthew chapter 1. Uh, the angel comes to deliver to Mary the message that she's going to have um, a child. That child will be conceived by the Holy Spirit. And then Matthew says this, he says, all this, that is the virgin birth, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Now, we quote that a lot, and you might know that that passage that Matthew quotes comes from the prophet Isaiah when he says this is uh, this took place to fulfill what the prophet wrote. Uh, the prophet he's referring to is Isaiah, and uh, the passage is Isaiah chapter seven verse fourteen, um, and it reads exactly like this. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign: Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. So Matthew chapter 1 quotes Isaiah 7 and and says, Jesus' virgin birth is a fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 7. So we're going to talk about that um, for a little bit today because one of the problems that we face is that when we go back and we read the book of Isaiah and we come across chapter 7, we don't really see clearly that Isaiah is talking about a virgin birth like Matthew's talking about a virgin birth. Um, You see this a lot when the New Testament takes a passage from the Old Testament and quotes it. So in Isaiah 7, it actually literally says that it's a a young woman, a young maiden, just any young woman of marriageable age um, is going to have a baby and that baby is going to be a sign. And then in chapter 8, in Isaiah chapter 8, there actually is a baby who is born. That baby's name is uh, Meher Shalal Hashbaz. You may remember that name from our first episode about biblical names. So you have this baby that is born in Isaiah 8 who actually um, seems to fulfill the prophecy that Isaiah made. 
But then Matthew takes the passage and uses it to refer to Jesus, and he makes it seemingly a lot more specific than Isaiah did, where Isaiah was just talking about a young woman having a baby. Matthew makes it very specific, and he says, now, it's not just a young woman. It is a virgin, that is a woman who has not yet had sexual intercourse, uh, and in, in Mary's case is not yet married, actually has a baby miraculously. So, one of the one of the challenges that we have then is the question of is Matthew misusing this Old Testament prophecy that really didn't originally refer to Jesus at all? And I want to talk for a little bit about how Matthew's using the verse and why what Matthew is doing is okay, why it's not wrong. It doesn't violate the laws of interpretation and it doesn't violate the inerrancy of the scripture. Um And I think that's important. But I also want to talk for a minute about how does the New Testament use Old Testament passages like this? So uh, in order to to dive into that, what I want to do for a minute is untangle the context of Isaiah chapter 7 and what's going in Isaiah 7, going on in Isaiah 7. And then we're going to to go forward and look at, at what Matthew does with Isaiah 7. So just for a little bit of uh, historical background, Isaiah 7 was written probably in the 8th century BC, and uh, this particular chapter, the prophet is addressing King Ahaz. Uh, King Ahaz was king uh, really in the middle to late part of the 8th century, and he happened to be the king of Judah. Now, you may remember during this period of time, Israel was split into two kingdoms. There was a northern kingdom and there was a southern kingdom. The Bible usually calls the southern kingdom Judah and calls the northern kingdom uh, Israel, uh, or maybe sometimes even Samaria or something along those lines. So you got these two kingdoms. Ahaz is the king in the southern kingdom. He happened to be the king of Judah Uh, during the years that the northern kingdom was conquered by the Assyrians. Uh, That happened around 722 BC. Now, all this background is important because here's what's going on in Isaiah 7. Uh, King Ahaz is facing military opposition. Uh, Basically, what has happened is that uh, the country of Syria and the northern kingdom of Israel have kind of banded together to fight against Judah, to fight against the southern kingdom. Uh, Ahaz wants to ally himself with the pagan nation of Assyria to fight against Israel and Syria. So in other words, Ahaz, rather than trusting in God to save the Judeans, Ahaz says, I'm going to make a military alliance with Assyria, who happens to be an enemy of Israel, in order to win. So it's in that context that Isaiah comes to Ahaz, sent by God, and he says, Ahaz, God is going to give you victory over your enemies, and he wants you to trust in him and not to trust in these foreign nations. So don't ally yourself with Assyria. And, and he says, Isaiah says, Ahaz, I want you to ask for a sign from God that he's going to fulfill his promise. Ask for a sign from God that he's going to rescue Judah from the clutches of Israel. Well, Ahaz doesn't want to ask for the sign, and he kind of responds to Isaiah in a way that 
that seems to sound pious. He goes, look, I'm not going to I'm not going to test God. I'm not going to ask for a sign from God. Um, and it sounds like a really pious thing, but really what, what Ahaz is trying to do is get out from under God's rulership. Okay, so Ahaz is kind of going, I don't want to ask for a sign from God that he's going to rescue Judah because I don't want to trust in God to rescue Judah. I want to trust in these military alliances and in my own military strength. So, In response, Isaiah essentially says, look, even though you're not going to ask for a sign, God is going to give you a sign. He says, Ahaz, even though you're not going to trust God, God is going to give you a sign. And here's the sign. A young woman will conceive and she will bear a child. In the Hebrew, this word for young woman, it's it's the word alma. It could refer to a virgin, but, but usually it refers more to a young woman just of marriageable age. Right and, and Isaiah says, look, a young woman is going to conceive, she's going to bear a child, that child's going to be a sign that God is with you. you she'll call his name Emmanuel. Now, Emmanuel, uh, neither for Jesus or for the baby we're going to talk about in a minute, Emmanuel is not actually like their actual uh, given name. Okay, Emmanuel is a title, just as it was for Jesus. Jesus' name wasn't like Jesus, Emmanuel, Christ, or something like that. It wasn't like his middle name or an actual name. Instead, it's a title and it means God with us. And so what Isaiah tells Ahaz is, hey, a young woman's going to have a baby. That baby is going to be a sign that God is with Judah and that, that God doesn't need your army, Ahaz. God doesn't need even you as a king, Ahaz. God doesn't need the Assyrians to defeat Israel and to defeat Syria. And here's the sign that's coming. He says, before this child is old enough to know right from wrong, right? So before the age of moral accountability, which they viewed as about 12 years old. So before this kid uh, knows right from wrong, God is going to destroy the Syrians and Israel. And he's going to use Assyria actually to do it. Okay, so Ahaz, God is going to wipe out your enemies without any help from you. And there's going to be a baby that is born, and that baby is going to be the sign. Now, all of that background, here's what's important to see. In chapter 8, as I mentioned, Isaiah gets married, and he has a child, and the child is named Maher Shalal Hashbaz. And if you, again, you may remember from our names episode, not only did I did I really consider Meher Shalal Hashbaz as a second sort of backup name for my son, but more importantly, the name means swift is the booty, speedy is the prey. Uh, in other words, the name itself means God is going to judge Assyria. I'm sorry, judge Syria and Israel quickly. That God's judgment is coming quickly. Um, and sure enough, before Meher Shalal Hashbaz is very old at all, God goes in and, and Israel is taken captive by the Assyrians. Syria is destroyed by the Assyrians. So God keeps his promise. And this child, Meher Shalal Hashbaz, was a sign to Ahaz. Okay, so now, now the question is, how can Matthew then take this up, take up this sign that seems very Old Testament rooted, and apply it to Jesus and say, hey, you know how Jesus is born of a virgin? This goes back to that prophecy. The question in our minds then is, well, wasn't that prophecy already fulfilled by Meher Shalal Hashbaz? 
And didn't that prophecy just refer to a normal baby who was a sign of God's work? So so we're going to talk about that for a minute. And he, here's what I would say. Here's, here's what's going on. And I, I think in Isaiah 7 and 8, it's important to understand what God is really saying. God was saying to Ahaz, to King Ahaz, hey, Ahaz, I am strong enough to defeat the enemies of Israel. And I'm with you to defeat the enemies of Israel. I don't need a human king. I don't need human strength. Instead, I am going to step in and I'm going to provide salvation for my people. And this baby is going to be a sign that I'm going to provide salvation for my people. What's going on in Matthew chapter 1? Well, uh, with the virgin birth, God is is saying, and he's essentially he's even amplifying this sort of baby sign. Babies are often signs throughout scripture that God is at work. So when Sarah, who is barren, has a baby, that's a sign that God is at work and God is doing something for his people. Same thing here. Jesus is the ultimate baby sign, right? Not only, uh, it's not just that Jesus comes to a barren woman, but Jesus actually comes through a virgin woman And he, like the baby in Isaiah 8, is a sign that God will deliver his people from their enemies. He's going to ultimately deliver Israel, yes. He's going to set up a kingdom in which all of the enemies of God's people will be destroyed. But but more importantly, he's actually going to deliver the entire human race from its enemies. Sin and death, right? So, Jesus is this sign, Emmanuel, that God is with us, and God doesn't need a human king, right? He doesn't need the line of King David in order to accomplish his plan. So Jesus actually comes through a virgin largely to demonstrate that God can operate apart from the will of men and apart from kingly lines. Now, Jesus comes from the line of David on Mary's side, but remember that that a royal title in the ancient world was really passed on through the father. It was a patriarchal culture. So God essentially says, I don't need any of that to deliver my people. So Jesus is born of a virgin. So what is going on then? How can Matthew use Isaiah's prophecy that way? Well, essentially, it's not that Matthew is misusing the prophecy. Um, It's that Isaiah did not fully understand all of the ramifications of what he was saying when he said it. We believe that the scripture has two authors. It has a divine author and it has a human author. Um, The divine author, that is God, always knows the whole plan from beginning to end. So even as Isaiah was speaking, God knew one day there's going to be a baby who will be even greater than Meher Shalal Hashbaz, a greater sign. And that baby will be born of a virgin. God knows that. Isaiah didn't really fully know that. So Isaiah, in a sense, is talking about a fulfillment of his prophecy that happened in his time, almost immediately. But God, through Isaiah, is also laying the groundwork for fulfillment of this prophecy that would happen uh, hundreds of years later, about 700 years later, 800 years later, when Jesus, the Son of God, would be born, not just to deliver the nation of Israel, but to deliver all of the world, that God is with us in the person of Jesus Christ in a way that he never was with us through anybody else, right? And what I love is that Isaiah himself 
actually does seem to hint at the fact that a, a, a greater child than Mahershala Hoshbaz is is on the way. Um, Isaiah chapter 9, obviously right after Isaiah 7 and 8, there's another passage that we often read at scripture uh, at Christmas time that is very relevant to what we're talking about. Let me read it. Isaiah 9, starting in verse 6. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Right, so Isaiah even says, hey, there's another baby coming who is going to fulfill God's purposes to deliver us from our enemies. And our real enemies in the in the grand scheme of eternity, our real enemies are not uh, northern Israel or the Syrians or any other nation. Our real enemies are sin that leads to death and separation from God. And Isaiah says there is a baby coming who's going to be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And that baby will establish a government that will never end, that will bring us peace that will never end. And, and Matthew then, in Matthew chapter 1, picks it up and he goes, hey, this is that baby that Isaiah was really talking about. Even though Isaiah didn't know who that baby was. God knew who that baby was going to be. And so often you see this when the New Testament takes an Old Testament passage is that the writers of the New Testament, understanding what they now know about God's plan, they take the words of the Old Testament and they don't change the words or the meaning of the Old Testament, but they add new insight. They amplify the meaning based on what God has now revealed about his purposes in Jesus Christ. So it's a beautiful passage and a beautiful use of Isaiah chapter 7. And it also shows us a little bit about how fully God develops his plan over time and how even uh, the person who wrote the prophecy may not fully understand all God is doing, but God knows all that he's doing and he works his plan forward to completion. That's all I have for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I'll see you next time.